1: All right, so, we've been in a series entitled God on Earth, and we know that God is on earth through the Holy Spirit, He is God, He is a member of the Trinity, He is just as much God as Jesus is, they're all one. And so, God is on the earth in the Holy Spirit because it's always been God's plan to not just be with us but to be in us. God, He may, I mean, nobody saw that coming. You might have saw God walking with him in the cool of the day in the garden, but nobody saw God in us. But God knew what He was going to do. And then I think it was last week that we established that the Holy Spirit is a person. You know, uh, if He's just this mystical force of some kind, or, or you know, this this power of God, but not God. He He doesn't have a a, a soul then we kind of shy away from having a relationship with an inanimate object, right? We established that. But but since he's a person, we found out that we should have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, just like we do Jesus and and the Father. And so I was thinking this week about how we've established those facts so far, and I was thinking to myself, is this practical? Because I like to preach practical messages. Is this going to make a difference in anybody's life? Well, let me say this. If you're just hearing it to gather biblical knowledge to yourself, it's not going to do you a bit of good. If you're just here and you say, well, I've already heard all that preaching about the Holy Ghost. I've already made up my mind about him. Then you're not going to be changed by it. But (laughs) there's nothing more practical and that will produce more in your life than you being filled with God's own spirit. (laughs) Nothing. So this is as practical as it gets. Because you and all your practical wisdom ain't getting it done. God, to accomplish the things He wants for your life, you're going to need supernatural power and strength and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? I'm gonna to talk today about Stephen in the book of Acts. He's in the book book of Acts, chapters six and seven. It doesn't say anything about Stephen before that, it doesn't say he's part of the fivefold ministry or he's a Pharisee or any anybody of notable reputation. Stephen, for all intents and purposes, looks just like a regular guy sitting on the pew. He's just a part of the early church. And in Acts chapter 6, have you turned there? It's right after Ch- Acts chapter 5. <coughs> <laughs> For all you math experts. Acts chapter 6, verse 1, says But as the believers rapidly multiplied, There were rumblings of discontent. You know when new people come in. A church gets bigger. There may be rumblings of discontent. The Greek speaking believers complained about the Hebrew speaking believers. Saying that their widows were being discriminated against. In the daily distribution of food. Where there's people there's conflict. Even in the church. I know that may come as a surprise. But not everybody in the church has it all together. And so the Twelve called a meeting of all the believers. You remember the Twelve Apostles, right? They were kind of the leaders of the early church. And they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the Word of God and not running a food program. (laughs) Well, who are you? (laughs) But they weren't saying it like that. They were saying it in light of, what, Ephesians 4, 11 or 12, where it says, that the five-fold ministry, their job is to equip the saints for the working of the ministry. Doesn't that make more sense? I see, I, you know, an American church got that backwards. They expect the pastor to, you know, do all the plumbing, change the baby's diapers in the nursery, <laughs> do all the hospital visits, do all the, the knocking on doors and do all the witnessing while they sit back and judge, is he doing a good enough job? That's not God's way. I'm here to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Doesn't it make more sense that I would spend my time equipping you, all hundreds of you, to go out and change the community instead of just the one little old me? Yes. And that's God's intent. And so that's what they were saying. You know, they were saying, I'm spending we're spending all our time with these arguments about the food program. They had a little kitchen or something, and they were feeding the, the widows and stuff, and and one group was saying, they get to eat before we do, and all this stuff, and all this. And they said, "We, you know," and so in verse three it says, "So brothers, I got an idea. Let's select seven men who were well respected and full of the Spirit. That's the capital S, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom." Boy, those are three characteristics much needed in the church today. Well respected, faithful people who were full of the Holy Spirit and have enough wisdom operate biblically he said we will give them this responsibility then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word and everyone liked this idea and they chose the following and here's Stephen, the first one on the list and in parentheses right after his name it says a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit say full of faith faith. and and the Holy Spirit Stephen's got a parentheses after his name It just, God said, whoa, stop right there. Let's address who this Stephen is because the rest of the seven, they don't have parentheses after their name. But Stephen is the first on the list because he's full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? If you're full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, you'll be the first on every church list ever written. Because that's what God needs in his church. People that are full of faith, faith is believing in God's power, and full of the Holy Spirit is that you're full of God's power, and nothing can stop a man that's full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to name the rest of them. Some of them, I don't know where they get these names: Philip, Procorius, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. Let's so skip on down to verse eight. Talking about Stephen again. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. Grace is something you don't earn. You can't earn. You didn't earn. You don't deserve. That's what grace is. He doesn't deserve God's power. We don't deserve God's power. How many of you feel just like a regular guy on the pew? I'm just here to tell you that we're all regular guys on the pew. <laughs> Whether you're in the five-fold ministry or not. I have no seminary training. I'm I just a regular guy on the pew. But because of God's grace, I am what I am. And God's grace will give you power. If you have faith to receive it. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. What? I thought it was only the apostles that did the signs. I didn't know the regular guys on the pew could do signs. Hello? What if you could do signs and miracles and wonders? What if Jesus was talking to you when he said that the works that I do, greater works than these shall you do? What if he was talking about you? What if he wanted to put a parenthesis after your name? Well, as soon as a man starts doing the work of God, some religious people want to stand up and argue with you every time. (laughs) Religious people just want to argue about stuff. And that's what began to happen. They began to lie on Stephen and all this stuff. In verse 10, it says, But none of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit you see, that's where the capital S. That means the Holy Spirit. They couldn't stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So he wasn't just speaking on his own. Who was speaking through him? The Holy Spirit. Where did he get that wisdom, you think? The spirit of wisdom, the Holy Spirit. In 1 John, keep your finger on Acts 6, verse two. I mean, chapter 2, verse 27. It says, but you have received the Holy Spirit. You, you have received the Holy Spirit, haven't you? Surely you've received the Holy Spirit after all I've been preaching. But you have received the Holy Spirit and He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. You mean I don't have to be here, Pastor? I don't have to listen to what you say? Well, hopefully, <laughs> I would hope that I'm speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit so it would be a blessing to you. And the Bible does say, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, right? So he says, the spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. Who is our teacher? They called Jesus the teacher, didn't they? Called him rabbi. But he says, I'm going away and I'm going to send my spirit to be with you. So who is our teacher down here now? What, is the, what does it say? The Holy Spirit shall uh, bring to remembrance everything Jesus said unto us. He's our teacher. Well, the people went on and they got mad about that Holy Spirit thing, like they always do. The devil just pushes so hard about the Holy Spirit, man. He, just, he knows if, if the Christians ever get filled with the Holy Ghost and with power, then it's over for his kingdom. He, he's, he loves you to go to church and just sit there and, and be full of knowledge, but no power. He's okay with that. But if you ever get filled with the Holy Ghost. Anyway, they they lied on Stephen. They had him rested, arrested and then they brought him before the high council. You remember they brought Jesus before the high council? And in verse 15, it says at this point, Everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. Are they just exaggerating? I mean, maybe he was just a little flushed, right? He was—he didn't want to be there. His face was a little red. Is that what you're? Talking about? No, these people were staring at Stephen and like what? He was so full of the Holy Spirit, you couldn't contain it. You remember when Moses came down off that mountain, he had to pull a veil on his face, so people couldn't look at the glory of God? Don't you want that, don't you want your face to glow with the power of God? And then Stephen, because, I think because, I don't think they were going to give him much of a say, but because his face was sitting there glowing and all, (laughs) we might want to hear what this guy has to say. And so they became quiet and Stephen preached one of the most eloquent sermons that you've ever read in your life and it's found in Acts chapter 7. In fact, uh, that's your homework assignment for this week. Read Acts chapter 7 and see this beautiful Holy Spirit inspired sermon that Stephen was able to preach before the high council. Of course, in Luke. Twelve, eleven. it says and when you're brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities like he was Don't worry how to defend yourself or what to say For the holy spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said You see stephen He was arrested and taken before the high council. He didn't have time to sit down and write all his notes out what he was going to say He was instant in season and out of season you press me the gospel's gonna come out you see, he's a man full of the Holy Ghost and power. Face glowing and all. Got a parentheses after his name. He warranted two chapters in the Bible. God thought highly of this man. And he was just a regular guy off the pew. Before that, we heard nothing about Stephen. Y'all sure are quiet in this Holy ghost Field church. I'm serious, my point today is without the Holy Spirit, there's, no, there's not going to be a parenthesis after your name when the, when the books are finished. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with power and the wisdom that he brings and the direction and the guidance and the love that's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You see, if you're rejecting the Holy Spirit, you're rejecting the very... Power of God. But the good news is all us regular guys and gals on the pew can be full of faith in the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is be open and receive like we sang about. I surrender all. What were you surrendering to? Oh, I surrendered to a limited amount of knowledge. I, I surrendered to... Come to church every Sunday. Hi, what what is your limits here? Last time I looked up the word "all" in the Greek, it meant all. We were just singing, "I surrender all. I pour out my heart so that you can feel it." Any of us, regular guys, can be full of faith the holy spirit you know i asked a few people maybe to share a testimony today about their relationship with the holy spirit because i wanted this to be a practical teaching to see because that's what happens here when discipleship takes place regular guys and gals on the pew get filled with the holy spirit and with power and with the knowledge to turn this world upside down and it's beautiful thing to behold it's a beautiful thing to see lives blossoming by the power of God who will s- truly surrender all. So I've asked a regular Joe to come up first. But he's not really regular anymore. The average, yeah. An average Joe that is not average anymore.
0: That's right. Amen. I, I can. The Holy Spirit is so evident in my life, I can remember in 2016 in September... When, Jesus, when I welcomed Jesus into my heart, my life began to change. I struggled with drug addiction, and I, I, I later found out that I, I struggled being overweight because as God came into my life, I began to see that I had to relearn everything over. I had to relearn it all over again, and I started to learn who I really was. And as my life began to change, and I was walking these things out, you know, I got set free from drug addiction and I started doing the jail ministry. I started preaching. And then the more God began to to show himself through me, the Holy Spirit, I said, God, I can't I can't keep talking to myself. I'm trying to talk to you. And God says, I gave you my spirit to help you, to comfort you, to be with you. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the type of guy, all the time I stay in my head, I can't do that, I can't do that. And when I do do something, and it's good. I second guess myself and say, Did I do that right? But the Holy Spirit inside of me tells me that I am good enough, that I will do it right. I don't have to second guess anything because the Spirit of God is living on the inside of me. Wherever Amen. I am, the Spirit of God
1: is. That's right.
0: I don't have to, I don't have to choose which way I'm going left or right. I just listen to God. I listen to the Holy Spirit. So when I began to preach at the jail and the Holy Spirit began to work in my life. And I begin to see the fruit in my life. I begin to see people's lives changed. I felt something. And then I realized, God, you are with me. God, if I'm going to look at this from a long term, I'm, there is no going back. I don't have any backup plan, God. I said, God, when I was 18 months old, I got run over by a tractor. I was a little kid. And I know now that God was with me way back then. But here I am now, and God is using me. And now that I have the Holy Spirit on my side, I will not stop. I will go. And i tell you what, when I preach, and I'd be sweating and I'd be out of breath and I'd be down at the jail and I was telling them men that your life can be changed because my life has been changed and I'm, my life is a walking testimony to God. And I looked around and the Holy Spirit began to use me and I said, you know what, I'm going to start eating right. And I began to start eating right. And I began to choose to start working out and the holy spirit would teach me these things and he says you, the more word that i read the more that i studied the word of god the more god and the holy spirit began to witness to me and i said god you're using me this is it i'll promise you i will not ever turn around and go back to my old ways and i began to learn more and more about myself more and more through the holy spirit the more weight i began to lose the more the more i overcome I overcome drug addiction the more people begin to ask me for advice. And I'm like, okay, God, you mean he's going to ask me for advice? And the Holy Spirit began to tell me what to tell these people. I mean, I could see people walking up to me, and I could see what they were going to ask me before they even asked me. I could feel it. I could feel the Spirit wherever I went. I could tell when I was around somebody that was hurting, that was grieving. That, that that they just and God showed me that it was my time to be there. That's where he had brought me and that's where he had chose to use me. And I want to share this verse. And this is all Holy Spirit. All Holy Spirit. In Matthew, and not Malachi. I'm real bad about getting ahead of myself and saying Matthew and turning to Malachi. <laughs> y'all got y'all to watch me. Matthew 7, verse 7. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. That's what I continue to do. And I will continue to do. I will continue to ask. I will, I will continue to receive through the Holy Spirit. I will, I will. And that's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to do. We're here to encourage one another. Keep asking. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. And it says right here in verse 9, it says, You parents... If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a a snake? Of course not. If little Joe come to me right now and he asked me for something, I would never give him nothing bad. If little Joe come to me and he said, Daddy, I want this, I want to do that. That's what God feels about you. If you'll simply ask him like I asked him, God, I want these things. I want to serve you. I don't want to do drugs no more. I don't want to overeat and be overweight. I want to live to be able to see grandchildren, to be able to preach the Word of God, to be able to tell people about you. That was it. In verse 11, it says, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Just simply ask God, and He will give it to you. That's all He wants. He wants us to just simply ask. When we were singing up there, and, it, and the praise and worship team was singing, it says, He loves us because of who He is, not who we are. He loves you because of who He is, not who you are. That's what you got to remember. See, I get in my head all the time, all the time. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not that. And I'm telling you right now, by the Spirit of God living on the inside of me, and my life was changed in September of 2016. This September will be five years. Five years I've been here. And God is still doing new things in my life. But I'm telling you right now, your brothers and sisters sitting in this church, don't leave them. Don't leave them behind because I tell you right now, God's running so fast in my life and I'm loving it and I'm enjoying it that I'm like, you. I want to take off running you know but this is the truth this is now the time to reach and grab your brother and sister's hand and tell them what God is doing in your life tell them encourage them that's what I believe Stephen was doing Stephen I believe he was literally telling these people hey we got to do this together that's why they didn't like him because he was encouraging a lot of people and that's what we are. we are called to do See, a lot of us get so freed from drug addiction and living in all these sinful things in our life, we get set free from them, and and, and we feel so good about ourselves. We like we got this. We're gonna read the Word. We're gonna read five chapters a day. We're gonna feel good about ourselves, and we're gonna keep this all to ourselves. And this is what you get. You get kind of puffed up. But I'm telling you right now, now's the time to reach and grab your brothers and sisters, and say, this is it. This is now is the time because the Holy Spirit is working through us. He's going to use us. He's going to use this church. I'm telling you, he's going to use this church. I've been here almost five years, and we've gone through some things. But guess what? I believe we're going through things because we're going through a new season. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Y'all give God some glory for what he's done in Joe's life. That man's full of the Holy Ghost and he just gives me the chills and then he walks by. I've asked uh, Brother Nicholas to share a little bit about his relationship with the Holy Ghost. So
2: I want to tell you guys a story about how I got the current job that I'm in. See, when I started going to Northwest Mississippi Community College, I wasn't following the Lord yet. But he was still setting me up for what he had in store for me. So even when I'm faithless... God remained faithful. God was still in control and doing what needed to be done to get me where he knew I was going to be, even though I wanted nothing to do with him. I was still living in sin, going to college. Well, when I'm going to this college, eventually I get saved. I just want you guys to know I'm an ordinary guy. It took me two and a half years to graduate from a two-year college, okay? If I was following God, I probably could have done it in a year and a half. So I'm there, I'm messing up, took the wrong classes, got to stay a whole extra semester. And through this time, it, at this two-year school is when I end up getting filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time, and I start following God. and it was so I was so on fire that when I get filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm sad that that very first Wednesday, I got a Wednesday night class because I wasn't living for the Lord and I couldn't go to church on Wednesday. So God was setting me up before I was even following Him faithfully. He was still being consistent. When I'm going to Northwest, I'm going for a computer programming degree. Turns out I hate computers can't stand them. So I don't know what I'm going to do. At this point, I'm saved. I'm praying, asking God to show me what to do, asking what he has in store for my life. See, when I was a little kid, I always felt like I was made for something more. I didn't know what it was, but I saw, I didn't know what it was, but I saw people living these ordinary lives, just going to work all the time, not really doing anything fun, not having many friends. And I'm like, I felt like I was made for, I didn't know what it was. Was I going to be famous? Was I going to be rich? What was going to happen? Was I going to be powerful? I didn't know. But what I knew as a little kid, what I felt inside of me, I know now, is that I was going to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. And not only was I going to be filled with this Holy Spirit, but I was going to allow him to work through me. I was going to allow him to do things through me. I knew I was destined for more than what I saw everybody else in the world doing. So I'm praying, I'm seeking God. I know I don't want to work on computers my whole life. I'm like, God... What am I going to do? And as I'm praying, I hear God telling me that I'm going to be a teacher. All right, so I've already taken all these programming and business classes. Now how am I going to turn out to be a teacher? So I walk in. Eventually I find out I get a place where I get to go for dirt cheap, almost totally, completely paid for at Ole Miss, And I get to go through this program to get to be a teacher, even though I've taken all these wrong classes. That I can still do it in just two more years, the normal amount of time it takes to get the bachelor's, two years, I can be a teacher. So I start doing it. I start going to these classes. And God just continues to show out and show me what's going on. So after I graduate, I'm a December graduate. And you guys know public school doesn't start all the way till August. So I graduate in December. I type up all these resumes. I snail mail them. I email every principal in the county. I'm calling every school trying to get a job. Well, there's no jobs available at the time because they're not hiring until the school year starts. So I end up walking into Kelly Educational Services and have an interview with Miss Christie right there. I put on my tie and my suit. I'm trying to look all professional for her, right? And so I'm going in, and she hires me, and I start working in the public school systems. Well, even then... I knew God spoke to me. I said, God, where am I going to be? Well, the Rite Aid where I was a shift supervisor and Passion Church are both in Horn Lake. So I've already been ministering to the Horn Lake community, and God showed me that I was going to shepherd the people in Horn Lake. So I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was going to teach at Horn Lake High School. So the very first day that I walk in to be a substitute teacher, I walk into Horn Lake High School. I'm in the front office. I don't know where the time clock is. I don't know how to sign in. I don't know what room I'm going to. I don't even know what to do when I walk into the room of kids. I'm trying to play it all cool and act like like I know what I'm doing, and, and I've been subbing for years, right? But I got no idea what's going on. So I walk in, and this woman that works in the front office, she's walking me to my first class. Now, I want to tell you guys, I subbed for over a semester. And only like two or three times did anybody ever walk a sub to a class. So God was just right there sending me somebody because I wouldn't have known where E17 was. I don't know how to read the map or anything. I don't even think there is a map. So she walked me down to this classroom, and I look at this young girl, and I said, I'm going to work here next year. She's like, what? She don't know me. She don't know anything about me. I said, yeah, I'm going to walk into the principal's office, tell him to give me a job, and he's going to hire me. And she just laughs. She's like, okay, who is, what is this guy talking about? Is this, I mean, this guy's crazy. So I do. That day, you know, teachers have a planning period. So they'll teach a bunch of classes, but then they got a few minutes each day where they can prepare their lesson for the next day. Well, as a substitute teacher, I didn't have anything to plan. So I figure out how to walk back to the front office after getting lost a couple times, and I poke my head into the principal's room. I say, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm Nicholas Mitchell. I've been subbing here. I just want to introduce myself. He goes, oh, come in, come in. He said, tell me about yourself. And I start talking to him. I tell him that God showed me that I was going to be teaching at Horn Lake High School. And I'm really not even trying to talk about God. I'm just trying to talk to him about uh, what I want to do. And he asked me what I'm certified in. I tell him I want to teach biology and all this stuff. And he looks at me and goes, that's a great testimony. I wasn't even trying to talk about Jesus. So he says, uh, come down to this job fair that we do every year at the county office in Hernando. So I say, okay, so months go by, six months later, it's finally time for this job fair. So I walk straight in, principals from every single school in the county are all in the same room, about this size. I walk past the whole crowd of people, walk right up to this same principal, and I say, look, you know that you're my first choice. You know I want to work with you. He goes, next time you're subbing at the school. Come by and see me. I said, I'll be there tomorrow. I wasn't even supposed to sub that school that day. I had a two-month gig at a different school. I said, I'll be there tomorrow. So I walk in the next day, walk into his office. He asked me two questions. He asked me, uh, why do I want to be a teacher? Well, that one was easy. I want to be a teacher to change lives. I want to show these children in Horn Lake, Mississippi, that there's something better for them out there than what they've been presenting with right now, than the dirt that they're stuck living in at home and the broken houses and the terrible things going on. I want to show them there's a better way through Jesus Christ. And then the second question was just a, a teacher question. What do you do if a kid turns in something like, okay? So these are the questions he asked me. And then he said, here, sign this paper, he hands me a stack of paper, and I get the job just like that. So why am I sharing this story with you? I want you guys to know that no matter where you are along that path, that God is in control and Holy Spirit's leading you and guiding you. I believe it was last week when Pastor brought up the reference in Acts. They would try to go to one town and Holy Spirit said, no, don't go there. So they turn around, they go to the south. Well, he didn't permit them to go to that town either. So they go to the east. So no matter where you are, God is speaking to you. God is guiding you. The question is, are you trying to listen to his voice? Are you hearing what Holy Spirit is telling you? Are you reading the word to know what God is pointing you towards? It doesn't matter if you haven't come to the faith yet or if you just came to the faith. or If you're really trying to listen to the spirit, no matter where you are on this journey, Holy Spirit is still in control because it doesn't just end after you hear that word. and He says, all right, this is going to be your job. Well, now you got to be faithful in every day. Now I got to wake up every morning, except on snow days, and I got to go teach these children and I got to show them God's love. Okay. So no matter where you are on this path, Holy Spirit needs to constantly be in control of your life and show you what to do. And you got to be humble enough to submit to him and do what Holy Spirit is showing you to do. So that's what I wanted to share with you guys today and just tell you how faithful Holy Spirit is and how consistent he is in your life, even when you're inconsistent. So I just beg you guys to try to be as consistent as possible and live for him and honor what Holy Spirit
1: is telling you. Thank you, Nicholas. What he's saying is if you're going to have a parenthesis after your name, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. He's the one who leads and guides us into all truth. Well, uh, we, we, if you got a testimony about your relationship with the Holy Spirit, maybe we'll get to it before the service. I mean, not the service, but the series is over. Just let me know, uh, and we can talk about that. There's a quote from Reverend R.A. Torrey. He said something so, so genius. He said, if we think of the Holy Spirit as an impersonal power or influence, then our thought will constantly be, how can I get a hold of this Holy Spirit and use it? But if we think of him in a biblical way, as a divine person, infinitely wise, infinitely holy, infinitely tender, then our co- our thought will constantly be, how can the Holy Spirit get a hold of me and use me? And that's a big shift that needs to take place in the church. It's not call on him when we need something. It's be available to be used by him at all times. Well, let's finish the story about Stephen, then we'll close. Uh, Let's go to Acts 7.51. This is right at the close of that spectacular sermon I told you. He's a man after my own heart. He, he used, he's the one said this scripture that I've been using all the time. He doesn't mean it in a bad way, because I know, because I use it, I don't mean it in a bad way when I say, you stubborn people. <laughs> Seriously, I don't mean it in a bad way. It's because I'm, I'm trying to, to shake you and wake you to the things of God. You stubborn people, and these are, well, he says, you heathen at heart <laughs> and deaf to the truth. But he says, must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? And in verse 54, if you go down a little bit, it says the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation and they shook their fist at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, say Holy Spirit, Spirit. gazed steadily into heaven and he saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. You say, but I thought the Bible says that Jesus went to heaven and he seated at the right hand of God. He did, but he stood up for his boy, Stephen. And he told him, look, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Do you know if you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be able to see into the spiritual realm in a way you've never saw into the spiritual realm before. And they put their hands over their ears. La 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 I'm not listening. Don't be one of those la 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 I'm not listening people. Because we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And they began shouting and they rushed at him. And they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And his accusers took off their coat and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they stoned him, now you understand Stoning's not a pleasurable experience, I would not imagine. I mean, you're getting hit by big rocks, crushing your bones, concussions, blood rushing down your eyes. You are about to die in one of the most vicious ways that you could imagine. I mean, a dog doesn't deserve to be stoned to death. And they stoned him, but it said Stephen prayed. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. You say, but I'm not going to receive the Holy Spirit if I'm going to have to die. (laughs) Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. There's a good chance that God doesn't need you to die for him. But he sure would like it if you would live for him. But even if you do... Have to die for him one day. You're not going to be able to do it with any dignity like Stephen did unless you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You see, he did it. He died with the same dignity of Christ. While they were crucifying Christ, he said, Father, forgive them. Stephen said, Father, don't lay this sin to their charge. He was thinking big picture the whole time. He, he was so out of self. It was so much about God through him, like Joe said, that being stoned and given his life as a martyr was, he was getting ready for the promotion. And Jesus was standing there to welcome him into glory. He was standing up for Stephen. I know you want a parenthesis after your name. I know you want Jesus to stand for you and welcome you home. I know you want your life to count. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you that parentheses and the power to overcome every obstacle that will lead and guide you into all truth and to the the perfect steps towards your destiny and your calling in this life. If you've never received the Holy Spirit you receive Him by faith just like you receive Jesus. Maybe you've every week when we give this call to receive the Holy Spirit, maybe you've been asking the Holy Spirit. But maybe you've held on to a few places. And I'm asking you to surrender all. I don't think it's me asking you. I think it's the Holy Spirit saying, Why don't you surrender all? Why don't you give me every part of you? Why don't you trust me? I'm not some mystical force. I'm not going to use and abuse you. I love you. I am here. I am your comforter. I'm going to lead you through this life. And I'm gentle. And I'm patient. And I will work with you. And you can do it. The Holy Spirit is telling somebody right now, you can do it. Whatever it is that God's called you can to do, you can do it if you'll give yourself away. So just simply say, Holy Spirit, I've resisted you. I've been hard-headed. I've, I've, I've listened to lies about you. I've seen people act weird. But I realize now that that's not you. That's them. That you're gentle and you're you're for me and you never leave me and you never, you never run out on me. You never get so disgusted with me that you, you leave. You stick closer than a brother. You're with me all times. You're always wanting the best for me. And there's no reason for me not to just welcome you in with open arms and an open heart. And so Holy Spirit, have your way. Just tell him out of your own mouth and receive it by faith like you received your salvation. Say, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire, Father. Baptize me. Give me the gifts of the Spirit. Take hold of my life. I don't want to just be just like another regular guy anymore. I want to be a regular guy filled with the supernatural God. Give God that place. Give him preeminence in your life. John the Baptist said, I must decrease so that he can increase. Lay your life on the altar of God right now. Say, Holy Spirit, I am yours. And if you're in here today or you're watching on the live stream and you say I, I don't know if I when I die I'm going to heaven I don't know if I have a relationship with God at all I'm, I just feel so lost I feel down here all by myself and I feel such a weight of all the mistakes and all the sin it's just pressing me and life is not going in the direction I thought it would go you must receive Christ into your heart and be born again. Because your spirit's dead and it has no relationship with God. But Christ says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Cast your cares on me, for I care for you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But nobody comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says. So give Jesus your heart. And that's what makes room for the Holy Spirit. Become a child of God. Receive that spirit of adoption. Whereby your heart cries out, Abba, Father, I know He's my daddy. You can know that you have eternal life right now. You can know that you're going to heaven when you die. That just makes you impervious to the fear of death. Because you know even to die is a promotion. Because to be absent from the body would be to be present with the Lord. Oh, Jesus is opening his arms to you. He opened his arms on that cross. He said, come unto me. He said, Father, forgive them. You worried about that sin? It'll be washed away. And you'll be made new. Jesus said, I'll make all things new. He came to forgive you. And he came to fill you with himself. And you can receive Christ right now. By just simply confessing him to be the Lord of your life. And believing he is who he says he is. In fact, we'll pray that together. Say out of your mouth, say, Jesus. I believe you died on my cross to pay the penalty for my sins. And I now repent of my sins. I give my life to you. You are my Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and guide my life to do great things. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.